Welcome to Seize Your Midlife, the podcast exclusively for midlife women. I'm your host, Bree Schumacher. We are going to dive into all the things from health and hormones to beauty and wellness. We'll be asking the question, what's my midlife purpose? And what am I going to do with the rest of my life? We'll also be interviewing women who've taken leaps or made U-turns in midlife. This conversation is going to be engaging, sometimes educational, a little bit funny, and always real. It is my sincere hope that you find your midlife purpose and lead your most fulfilling life. So join us on this journey to seize your midlife. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Seize Your Midlife. I am so glad and so humbled that you are here today. And I'm also really excited for you to meet my guest today. Allison Clark Moran has been on a mission to replace everything in her environment with simple organic products handmade by herself or by nature. She is the founder of Yellow Heart Sisters, which does just that. It is a beyond organic self-care line. And there is so much to Allison's story, but I really want you to hear it from her. So welcome to Seize Your Midlife, Allie. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad you're here today. Okay, so my very first question I ask on all of my episodes is, how old are you? I'm 42. For those of you listening, Allison and I actually went to the same high school, but our paths crossed for a very short period of time, but somehow we have stayed connected, you know, the power of social media and everything all of these years, although I am four years older than you. (laughs) Okay. And will you tell everyone where you are right now? Yeah. I live in a beautiful home in nature near Dowsman, Wisconsin. So outside of Milwaukee and I work from home and have my workshop at home. So I'm able to spend a lot of time and I live in like a cabin in the woods, but it's not too far away from the city and, and things around but it's a it's an A-frame on a hill in nature. Oh my gosh. Well, you might have to share some pictures with us because it sounds amazing. And I guess I didn't realize you lived in Dowsman because that's actually where I lived for yeah. 14 years. Yeah, I'm near Dowsman. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, I want to dive right into your story. From what I understand – You go after high school to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and you get a job with Trek Bicycles, where you pretty quickly are rising up the ranks. Is that right? Yes. Well, I worked really hard all through. I was just like really um, intent on... I had this vision and this dream of going to Madison. So it kind of starts a little bit before that, actually, in high school, So I worked really hard all through high school to accomplish my dream of getting into Madison. And then once I get into Madison, I had this vision of graduating in four years. So, But I put myself through college, so I'm working three jobs and figured out how to, in taking night classes and summer school, and I graduated with honors and got a job at Trek and began at Trek the week after I graduated college. So I just wanted to kind of paint that picture of like really being driven and working to to like climbing a ladder, you know, I'm always climbing a ladder to accomplish this next thing. And then the journey was really blessed for me. And that's kind of been the way that it's been like, it's been very magical as in, I started at Trek and I started an inside sales where everybody starts and then a marketing assistant position opened I'm still 21 or 22 and I get the job and a month later my boss quit. So the brand manager quit. And so I was working directly for the marketing director and managing all the things that the brand manager had been doing kind of as a default situation. And so I just step into this role and start learning all these things about marketing 
and managing this global brand at a super young age. It sounds like, you know, you have this great job. You know, like you said, you've been working really hard. You even get to travel to Europe with Trek. And you also end up meeting your husband Richard there, right? Yes, exactly. So this is during the Lance Armstrong Tour de France years where he's winning seven Tours de France. And so we're traveling, you know, our company's traveling all over. I'm managing all these things from a million dollar marketing budget to creating TV ads with OLN, the outside TV network and, and traveling to the Tour de France and Austin, Texas and all these things and learning to ride bikes. And it was just a very exciting and amazing time. But I did realize quickly that I was working in a 40 year old man club. <laughs> I the whole bet. company is run by was at the time run by 40 year old men and I felt like I had to work twice as hard for half the money and was constantly proving myself and was not always listened to but yet I was very successful and I kind of became the girl Friday of the company was how I saw it but I learned all the things it was like an MBA you know, in three years. But what happened was I realized that I had, well, I didn't quite realize it yet, but I had a cousin at the time, my younger cousin graduated from Madison and she was an art history major. And she called me and she said, would you like to go to Europe with me for the summer and see art? And I realized over the next couple of weeks that I really wanted to do that. And I hadn't ever taken a break. I had never stopped. And I realized that I had, you know, climbed to the top of this company, to the top of Trek really quickly. And I was done. I was ready to, to do something different because I realized that I was losing my health and I needed to do something a little bit different. So I went and took a break and traveled in Europe for a summer And it sounds like that was a really kind of life-changing experience. Talk about how, you know, you said you kind of see a different pace of life, kind of your eyes are open to just how life could be a little bit different, right? Yeah, because everything until then was work for the GPA to get into Madison, work hard for the graduating with honors to get the job, and then work the job to get the money. And this is an endless ladder. And it doesn't actually, to me, it didn't actually lead anywhere. It wasn't leading necessarily to inner fulfillment. But I didn't quite realize, you know, what I was doing until I had the time and the space. And all of a sudden, I was aware that life didn't have to be like that. I saw the people in uh, along the Mediterranean coast in Italy and in Spain, and they had a different pace of life than we do in America. And I just really reflected and thought, I didn't know necessarily what I was going to do or any answers, but I started to have awareness and awakening to the possibility that life could be different. Well, and I just want to hold on to that a second because I think that's such an important thing. Like even, you know, you're talking about a time in your 20s, but I think even now, you know, in our 40s, in midlife, that we a lot of times don't make space for our mind to wander, for us to think of other ways that our life could be led. So I think that's a really important reminder, no matter how old you are, to make that space so that you can imagine. And so what a gift that you were able to do that and go to Europe. But you come home and you leave track, but you don't leave marketing. You don't leave the business world. In fact, you go on to spend seven years as a marketing consultant, right? But you're at least on your own time schedule. Exactly. I never had any problem finding freelance marketing work. So I started the Freelance Marketing Network. I found that so many companies appreciated freelance marketing support. And at least now I was doing what my, my trade was But for myself, I'm my own boss. Entrepreneurship was always really important to me so that my efforts were directly in correlation with the rewards. And there was nobody in between that I was growing their business. You know, I was growing my brand, something that would then directly benefit me and that I could direct the course of how I chose to spend my energy. 
I love that. And as a lifelong entrepreneur myself, I am totally in sync with all the things you said. It's You don't mind the waking up early. You don't mind putting in the work because you are doing it for something that's your vision and for you and not for somebody else. So totally speaking my language. Yeah. I think I could have really built that into something bigger if I chose to, but I decided to keep it in balance with my life. So I worked with clients that that I felt good about. And those clients actually um, worked out in the long run. When I started Yellow Heart Sisters, I was able to to use some of those relationships and connections. Well, one thing that I wanted to touch on, because you like briefly mentioned this when you talked about going to Europe, is that even though the 20s is supposed to be kind of the time when you feel the best, you are the most vibrant, you're like the most healthy version of yourself. But that wasn't the case for you, was it? Well, some symptoms started cropping up or popping up for me. And it it looked like insomnia that got worse and worse and anxiety. And those things started to happen. And I didn't understand why they were happening. And of course, I went to some conventional doctors and had some tests run. And they said, there's nothing wrong with you. You're perfectly healthy. Just try these antidepressants and you should feel better. And I just wasn't satisfied with that. And I never went down that road. And so what I believe that symptoms are our body inviting us on a self-care journey. The symptoms are our body talking to us, saying, hey, you've got some stuff that you need to deal with. And if you want to deal with it now, that'd be great. (laughs) Or we can keep giving you symptoms that will grow and get louder until you deal with these things. And for me, that was a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma that happened in my childhood with what was a really formative experience for me, which was my mom's journey with breast cancer. So she was diagnosed when I was three and she was 33 and she went through uh, conventional treatments. This is 1983. So this is, you know, we've come a long way in breast cancer treatment since then. But at that time, they put her through surgery, chemo, and radiation, and her body continued to relapse. Uh, I don't think she was ever actually cancer-free. She had a very aggressive cancer. So eventually, the doctors, the conventional doctors at the time, said, we, there's no, nothing else we can do for you. You have six months to live. But she had two little girls at home, and she was going to have none of that. So she went. we went together on quite a journey of alternative and holistic and energetic medicine, um, some of which was really, really unusual. So that really shaped my life. Yeah. And I think something that's really important that you said is about the symptoms and kind of being dismissed. I mean, I can't tell you how many women that I've interviewed that have had the same situation come up where the doctors want to say, you're depressed, you're stressed, you're overworked, you're all of these things instead of going, no, let's get down to the root of the problem. And I think another piece of that that you said that's so important is how our inner healing is so important for our outer healing. And I think, you know, if we don't heal our insides, that that, those things carry into our adult lives. And so this experience with your mom and, you know, your childhood of, of going through this and it sounds like, you know, really kind of being alone, you know, throughout a lot of this really impacted you. And I think you are absolutely correct to use the word trauma. But to back up a little bit, so you don't take no for an answer. You know, you don't take antidepressants for an answer. And you decide to kind of take some of those things that you learned from your mom and implement them into your own life. So What does that look like as you're trying to heal yourself in these young years? Well, I discovered that there's a lot of holistic healing practitioners in our area. And I just kind of found myself on this, you know, path of meeting different healers that were able to take me one step at a time through a healing journey. And I I think once you commit to a healing journey and you say, I'm going to heal, I'm going to heal everything so that I don't pass this forward into the next generation, that I'm going to be a cycle breaker, that I'm not going to just let the pain just, you know, be part of my life. I'm going to, I'm going to heal everything basically. And I healed on, you know, I cleaned up my diet. I stopped drinking. I 
simplified my life. I mean, these are things that happen slowly and over time because the things are so ingrained, you know, it takes a while to deprogram and to breathe and to allow feelings to to allow memories to come back to heal in the deepest layers of myself. So I met a lot of energy workers and acupuncturists and just so many things that are just magical and amazing. And it's a long journey when you choose to heal everything everywhere. You know, um, I would say for me, the physical piece was really important. And I, you know, continue to eat an organic and whole food type diet and clean up the, the thing, the products that I put on my body and the cleaning products in my environment. And all those things are so important. Um, and I do believe the energy piece to be the biggest, to be able to go in and feel and heal. I think, um, I think that's the biggest piece. Well, I think it's so important, like you said, that this is a long journey. And so if anyone else listening is hearing this and they're trying to take steps towards overall healing, you know, inside and outside to give themselves grace because it does take a long time. And like you said, there's so much ingrained in us, you know, since we were little that we have to sometimes undo and unlearn. And so that's so important. And another thing that you talked about was kind of being the cycle breaker. And that became even more important to you because you and Richard go on to have a son named Doolin, right? Yes, absolutely. So I met Richard at Trek and he was getting divorced and has a daughter and we ended up getting married a few years later and had Doolin and during, you know, all of this time. And once I had Doolin, I was really motivated to do everything I can to make the world a better place. I was like, you know, I look around and I'm like, okay, our society looks to be a little broken. You know, people are sick. People are suffering depression and cancer and these things. I'm like, okay, we're going to have to do our part here. And marketing was a, a great practice for me and a lot of fun. But I knew that I always would want, I, I, on a deeper level, I knew that eventually I would want to bring my own brand through. And so when um, Duan was, I think, seven, and I just wanted to make the world a better place. And I, I feel like Yellow Heart Sisters came through. Well, first it came through that I, I, was, I made space. I made space. I just said, I'm just going to stop my day job type thing and hold space for what wants to come through. And that was Yellow Heart Sisters. Yeah. And I, I really want to just kind of talk about that because when we talked before, you kind of talk about, you know, you're, you're 36 and you have kind of an awakening where you're like, I want to open a self-care company. So can you talk about what that moment was like? Yeah. I felt that the world was really needing a couple of things. Um, connection that we, we as women, I mean, I just, you know, as women, I feel like a lot of us pretty much um, during the mother years, especially when you become a mother and you've got little ones and you've got a husband and you've got a career and all these things, I think it's really easy to lose yourself. I don't know a lot of people that I can say were able to really hold on to their self through those years. They're hard years. And what get us through those years are our friendships are the women in our life that stand beside us and say, you know, we're in this together. And so that yellow heart came through as the symbol of friendship love. And that just feels really inclusive and warm and supportive. And so I saw this yellow heart and I was like, we are connected. We need, we need to remember how connected we are, that we are all sisters and we are, and brothers, you know, that we are all connected and we're supporting each other on our path, you know? It's tricky, it's a tricky path um, between all the things that can happen in life from sickness and relationship challenges and you know, raising kids and all the things that we do, we need to remember that beautiful connection that we have, that we are all one. Yeah, absolutely, and I love that. It's funny because I always send to people the yellow heart 
emoji with the sunshine emoji because I agree with you. It's like sending that like bright light and everything into the world. So I love that. It's beautiful. And yeah, there's lots of layers to that. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just want to kind of go back to when you first start this company, you really, your first thing that you come up with is Pip Paste. And can you talk a little bit about that and how it really ties back to your childhood and growing up watching your mom suffer with breast cancer? Yeah. So deodorant that we put on our armpits, deodorant and antiperspirant in particular, these things that are, you know, the, the, the conventional deodorants are made of all sorts of things that are really not natural and really have no no place being in our armpits on a daily basis. We have lymph nodes in our armpits and the connection to breast health and hormone balance that putting those really harmful chemicals on on a daily basis is is just not something that is okay for our health. And so I had been aware of that, you know, from my experience with my mom, I was already aware of that. So I'd been using, you know, natural products, natural deodorants for years, but I had, and I I had one that I really trusted. It was from a company called Sunrider and uh, it was an herbal deodorant. So I thought that was very cool, but I finally actually read the ingredients and it had parabens in it. So I contacted the company and they said to me, their response was, oh, don't worry. Those are necessary and totally safe in small amounts. And I just thought, well, I can do better than that. I don't need to put preservatives and unknown ingredients with unknown effects on my body and in my armpits every day. So I just went to my natural ingredients and I went to Google and I figured out how to make, you know, just like I would create dinner, I figured out how to create a product for deodorant. And it was beeswax and cocoa butter and baking soda and arrowroot powder and some antibacterial essential oils. Well, I have to just interject and say to you, you know, you sent me some samples and I was able to try the pit paste and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love the consistency. It's so awesome. It's not like drippy, like a, a normal um, deodorant can be. It's it's fantastic. So it sounds like you did good in your kitchen um, creating this. And, you know, you go on to create several products, but can you talk a little bit about how kind of cooking and your love of cooking and creating the kitchen really helped you create these recipes because, you know, your background was not in making products. It was in marketing. So talk a little bit about that. Well, that was my career background, but my passion is food and nurturing. And I'm a cancer sign and I come from a line of home ec teachers my mom was a home ec teacher. Her mom was a home ec teacher. Like, I'm really all about the home arts. You know, making a home is a really incredible and important thing. And so I love making organic food that's just like deeply nourishing and tastes like love. And I love making products. I always made products for our family for from lotions to, and I just took it to another level. So I was actually doing a lot of these things at the same time. But I just um, I just took it to another level because I made that pit paste and I shared a little bit with friends. We just couldn't believe how well it worked. So I'm making it in little jars. I got little jars at Penzi's and I'm putting little yellow heart stickers on them and sharing them with friends. And everybody said, well, if you could put this in a stick, and I'm like, I don't know if I can, but I worked with the consistency a little bit and I put it in a stick and figured it out. And it was amazing. I love that. So I took the marketing. I mean, it really takes each piece though. It takes creating a product with love and intention and then packaging it in a way that people can receive it and integrate it into their life. So I had made these products, you know, I had made life bars. Life bar is my number two selling product behind pit paste. So life bars and pit paste are a great way to try the products and to start, you know, because once you bring a little bit of these products into your life, it actually has a way of starting to like take you down this path of, oh, let's see if I, you know, let's see if I clean up this part of my life and I sort of clean up. It's just they're infused with a lot of intention that helps you to embark on a self-care journey. And and that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole nother story. I love that. And I also loved when we talked, you talked a little bit how you kind of took a detour before you were delving full 
four into Yellow Heart Sisters where you start working at a bakery kind of as an apprentice and you kind of realize, okay, this was a detour, but it's not where I'm meant to be headed. What happened with that? Yeah, I I knew that I did not want to take on big loans. I didn't want to have any overhead and I didn't want a complicated life. So I wanted the, my core values of a simple, beautiful, health-filled, I mean, always coming back to what really matters to me. And this, you know, wasn't necessarily clear. Like I had to figure these things out. But what really matters to me is health and happiness and balance in my life and time with my family and, and really nourishing things in our life. So I didn't want to have any big, you know, I didn't want to be a huge financial drain on our family because, you know, this takes some courage to be like, oh, I'm going to stop having a, a guaranteed income here and I'm going to pursue my heart dream. Okay, you know, how are we going to afford that? So I sold my car and I rode my bike, you know, because I'm a road biker since working at Trek, I've always continued riding my bike. So I love to ride my bike. I've got a great road bike. So I, in order to make sure that I was good, making some good choices, I, t- I met a woman who was doing organic gluten-free bakery in Dousman. So six miles from my door. And I said, can I just apprentice with you for six weeks to watch what your lifestyle is like as an entrepreneur before I start making decisions that are going to lead me down this path. I watched what she was doing and I watched her and I had a a wonderful time around the nourishing ingredients that we were working with and, and watched her brand and all these things. So I just decreased my expenses, simplified my life, and I biked to the bakery every day for six weeks And I learned a lot of things. And one of those things you learned was that you didn't want food to be your job, right? That it kind of took away your deep love of cooking, right? Yeah, I had tried to go into the food business a couple times, but I realized it'd probably be better for me and my lifestyle, especially I still have a seven-year-old at home, um, if I could be creating and having that experience of of mixing up delicious batches, but not with the issues of spoilage and storage and dishes and just really some of the exhausting elements of the food business. So I still get that feeling because I'm melting these delicious batches of beeswax and cocoa butter and coconut oil. And but instead of like eating all this stuff and doing all the dishes and having, you know, to manage all this, I'm putting on beautiful products on my skin and nourishing my body and And I don't have a lot of those issues of the food business. Well, and when you told me kind of about your detour, you know, in this apprenticeship and everything, I totally related because while I was running my Spanish school, I also started a food business and I had been passionate about cooking. And starting that food business really had me kind of take a step back and go, oh my gosh, now I all of a sudden don't love cooking the way I used to because it's now become this job. And like you said, there's so many layers of having a food business. So I really appreciate that part of your story. And the other thing that I just kind of want to point out that you talked about that I think is really important is that I think everyone listening probably has a heart dream like you talked about. Like, here's my heart passion that I want to step into, but oh gosh, it's scary because I'm going to lose the health insurance or the 401k or the steady salary. And, you know, you kind of talk about how you took some baby steps before you were like, okay, I'm going to leap fully into this. You know, you sold your car, which is amazing, especially considering I know where you live. And, you know, you took those steps to work towards your heart dream because it meant that much to you. And I think that is so important. And I I hope that every woman listening hears that because I think the saddest thing is to get to the end of your life and having not tried, having not stepped into your heart dream. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's such an important thing for people to hear. Mm-hmm. One of the things I wanted to kind of talk to you about was that, you know, you're living this very spiritual, light-filled, healthy lifestyle. You know, it sounds like your whole life you're kind of setting up to be this simple, organic, beautiful life. But, 
you know, I think anyone listening knows that marriage, especially a long-term marriage, is really hard. And even though you're running this light-filled and love-filled company, your personal journey with love was kind of struggling. So can you talk a little bit about your decision and your decision with Richard where you decide to to separate and, and divorce? Yeah. So first of all, you know, t- to go on a self-care journey or to go on a spiritual journey is, in my opinion and my experience, a combination, a balance of both light and darkness. You don't just end up spiritually awakened or down the spiritual path without also delving equally into the depths of the darkness. The self-care journey sounds all like love and light film, but it's also a deep exploration of the pain and, you know, the trauma and the darker experiences as well. And in my opinion, it's a balance of those things. Like as much light as there is, you also have to experience the darkness. So I think it's very brave and important that we, you know, you can't just be, you can't, to, to heal your trauma, you can't just be like, oh yeah, high trauma, you know, <laughs> you have to go right. into it and experience it and feel it to the depths in order to heal it. So anybody in that pain in this moment or over time, um, I'm, I've been there with you and I've gone there and it's still not you know, so super easy. This is life. This is, it's the combination of the depths and the light that are real. So, um, and I think in relationships, we, relationships are how we work out those things. Uh, we come together in order to, to, to get into that stuff and to, to heal it. So, uh, a lot of that was occurring in my relationship with Richard and we both had a lot of things to heal. And um, we've always had a very strong and amazing love. And it was at 10 years where we decided, it was actually on our 10 year anniversary that we went to the courthouse and filed for divorce. And um, it was a tough decision, but we both, we just had a lot of trauma stuff that we were healing and we needed a little space and a break to heal. And yeah, so we just kind of bravely did that. And it was in retrospect, it was an important time. But I just, you know, I still, I had a hard time being alone. I thought it was pretty painful to be alone. And a few months after moving out, I met someone right away and kind of lost myself again to that. Um, I think afterwards, I would have been better off to, you know, listen to the good advice of other people and do what I eventually ended up doing, which is what I call taking a sovereignty journey of really realizing what it is like to be by yourself and to get your own personal power and your personal strength back. But, you know, it's hard to do that if you don't have to, you know, it's much easier and much more fun to be with somebody who is taking all your attention and distracting you from, you know, some of the inner work that really does need to be done. But I eventually found myself with the book Codependent No More, the classic 1980s healing book. It's still so true. That's like uh, a pattern that people who sometimes people who had been through trauma end up in where we, we lose ourselves and other people. Um, So I spent a lot of time healing those things eventually. Wow. And I think that so many of the things you've just said are so powerful. And, you know, talking about, like you said, that when you're going on a journey to be, you know, healthier and more light-filled, that darkness and work, I think work is such an important piece of this, is so important. And, you know, like you said, part of the journey. And also, you know, when you're talking about, you know, leaving Richard and you separating and you meeting somebody else really quickly, I think that that is not uncommon Mm -hmm. um, when somebody gets out of a long-term divorce because they're so hungry for that, you know, excitement and renewed sense of attention and all of those things. And so I think that is – I think I really appreciate your bravery in sharing that because I think that that's something that's really important and that being alone is hard, but when you're doing the work – the hard work that being alone sometimes is the most 
important thing, right? Yes, exactly. And so all of that um, excitement was wonderful for a while with the, the new guy until we moved in together and had tried to deal with blended families. And, you know, there was a lot of work there. And actually, um, our kids started losing their health. That next year, what we were living together, um, Doolin got really sick and missed 20 days of school in a row. Oh my gosh. Wow. And um, his daughter was, you know, we all got really sick. And I actually was scared that we had made some big mistakes that were affecting our kids. Um, moving too fast and putting them into stressful situations. And for me, you know, divorce, it just wasn't okay for my family, for my son. It just wasn't okay at a certain point when we were, you know, we were sick. And for me, again, symptoms are, are there for a reason. And this was right just before COVID. So I think we had COVID a little bit before it came out. And so um, it was pretty intense. And so Richard and I had been doing weekly sessions trying to heal the pain between the two of us. We're trying to heal our relationship because we realized if we didn't heal the hurt and the relationship between us, then that would be passed down to Doolin and he would have to deal with it because, you know, we're always going to be in each other's lives. And I realized that, you know, we had every two or three days or two days pickups and drop-offs and we had a lot of interaction and we're raising Doolin who was in fifth grade. You know, he's right at the time of life where he just really needs us. And my, my greatest commitment is to Doolin and to myself. And I thought, well, I've got myself in a situation that I need to fix. And so um, Richard offered me to just come home and live in the downstairs of our home and just get well and get regrouped. And that's when I began my sovereignty journey, as I call it, where I just focus on getting my health, getting my strength. Um, And my business was able to come along with me on this journey and, you know, slow down sometimes and contract when I needed to and then expand and grow as I was ready. But it was always very mutually supportive of my life and mutually supportive of my growth. And I could put it down for a minute and then come back to it. And, you know, this is like, we're all on this journey and and nobody's, I don't think is totally easy. So, you know, it's just, it's been a really wonderful thing to, to keep putting my energy into the business and then business brings me back energy. And it's just been really a good thing. Yeah. And I love that you've, you know, come back together. And like you said, no matter if, you know, people got divorced with kids, they are always connected. And so, um, you know, it sounds like you're really partners again and everything, which is beautiful. And, you know, your business has really grown um, in the five plus years that you've had it. It's, you know, you're you're out selling it at events. It's on your website and it's in stores, which is amazing. It's on shelves. It's so incredible. And the other piece that I just think is so beautiful is that not only do you have this natural company, this beyond organic company, but your lifestyle is right in line with that. You truly walk the walk. You lead a really simple life. You don't have a car, even though you live out in the country. And it sounds like you've even started foraging, right? Yeah, I've just continued to set my intentions for a rich life in all the ways that matter to me. And um, I've made some vision boards. That's one of the things I've really loved over the years. And they've, you know, a vision board will stay with me for sometimes five years or more. And I keep them forever. I love them. Um, But I set intentions for what I want my life to feel like. And then kind of watch those things unfold and make decisions according to what I truly value. And I continue to value more nature. I've always continued to say more nature, more connection with nature. Um, I think that's probably the biggest way that our society is out of balance. And so it does, it takes time and it takes um, opening and shifting But I've continued to, I started mushroom hunting like five years ago and just slowly started um, in the last couple of years getting to know all the green plants and the wildflowers and what's edible and what I can make my own medicines out of. So making teas and tinctures and, and just 
everything that I discover in that category brings me so much joy and fulfillment and happiness. I love that. And I think one thing that you said about really imagining how you want your life to feel, I think feel is such an important word to point out right there because I think so often we think about what we want our life to look like instead of feel like. And so that's so important. And I just have to ask you because I'm sure people listening are curious about this too is, you know, when we imagine the world around us, it is a busy, hustle, bustle, you know, more things kind of culture. And yet you have really stayed rooted in living a simple but rich life. And how are you able to kind of battle against that in your everyday life so that you maintain true to your own vision for your life? Well, I try to stay positive. I think positive thoughts no matter what, I try to stay out of fear and I try to stay out of against energy. You know, um, I think everything serves. So I think I feel that, you know, all the things that we're experiencing now as a society and and a world, you know, they're, they're serving. Um, They look confusing. And hopefully, I mean, I think that they're leading us back to ourselves. And maybe we have to get out of balance for a while to find our way. Um, back in the balance. And I hope for our world that we can um, come back into balance. And I'm not always in balance. And, you know, I'm not always healthy, but I just kind of, with grace and compassion, try to bring myself back in all the ways that I can, you know, little by little, to um, another moment of peace and connection with nature. I mean, once you start connecting with nature, you want more of it. It feels so good. Like it's, I feel like it's what we're missing. And so we've just, and it really helps that Richard and I are both on the same page with our values. So when COVID, for example, was taking so much of what, you know, we were sending Doolin to school for, or he was going for was COVID was taking away so much of that. Eventually we just said together, okay, this just really feels broken. We, we've been trying to follow a path um, that feels blessed and that feels right, but this feels broken. So since um, for about a year or so, we've had Doolin in homeschool. And that's, I think, been really important as far as what do we value for him? And a lot of the things that are going on in mainstream society right now, they just don't feel good to us. So we just say, do I really have to do this? No, I really don't have to. And uh, maybe I can find another way. But it is a little bit, you know, scary and strange. But because, you know, people will say people don't, there's not a lot of support and acknowledgement and um, affirmation that you're doing the right thing when you're doing things that people, mainstream people aren't necessarily doing. Yeah, but I think your lifestyle is really an inspiration to people. You know, one, I totally agree with you about nature. I always say when in doubt, go to nature, nature saves. That is like something I always say because it's true. Like if your head feels filled with negativity or worry or despair, you know, you go out into nature, you breathe the fresh air and you do feel like, okay, I can tackle the things ahead of me. But I also think even if people have lives where they can't, you know, live entirely as simply as you do, I think this conversation is a really good reminder to carve out the spaces in your life to have simplicity and to have nature. And, you know, I know when I hung up from our call that we had, I literally was like, okay, I'm going to do these things today. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to the organic grocery store instead of the other grocery store. And I really feel like your message, you know, about the world, you know, even if people can just like take some piece of that away is so important and so valuable. And what you're doing is different. Your lifestyle is unique, but I think it's such a beautiful message that a rich life is not a life of things and busy. A rich life is a life of peace and love and light and space. So I so appreciate you you sharing your lifestyle and your words of wisdom and your company with the world because you're right. The world needs more of that. Yeah. And I just want to offer something that's kind of interesting, I think. I hear a lot of people often say to me, I could never do that. Um, Well, some of us can't do this. 
well, I, I can't, I can't do that. And I think when we say that it's true, if we start to just open up a little bit to the possibility that, then we make a little bit of space for the changes to, to occur gently and gradually over time. It's possible that I could, you know, people will say, for example, well, I could never quit my job because I need that money. Okay, well, that's pretty concrete. But it would, I'm open to the possibility that circumstances could eventually change and allow me to, to quit my job. That's not hard to say that, but it is a big difference maker. I agree with you. And I actually just read something that I think um, is is right in line with what you're talking about. I think it was Jenna Kutcher who said, instead of saying to yourself, I can't quit my job because I don't, you know, because of money or what, you know, kind of the examples you're using, that you put the word yet at the end. So like, I can't lead a life with, you know, without my corporate job. Instead saying like, I can't lead a life without my corporate job yet so that you are putting that expanse out there that it's a possibility and so i i totally agree with you about the mindset mm-hmm. and then change the word but to and yes i can't quit my corporate job yet and i'm open to the possibility that someday things could be different yes Absolutely. I love that. And I know I was not very eloquent in explaining that, but hopefully everyone walks away with that message because I think that mindset is usually like the biggest root of being able to change our lives. So I appreciate that you you shared that exercise because I think that's really important. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about was you know, if there is a woman listening right now that <laughs> I'm maybe talking about myself. I could be the woman <laughs> um, that is leading a really busy life that is longing for slowing down. What message or advice would you share with her right now? Hmm. Yeah, just open to the possibility. Um, open to the possibilities. Connect in with yourself. Get that, that self-connection as a priority where I think we've come a long way with this in the last 20 years or so. Um, As women, we have really realized, at least logically, mentally, we've realized that if we don't put ourselves as a priority, we won't really have much to give to the world, um, to give to our families, our communities, and the world. I always think of it as kind of that that starting in at the core, you know, getting yourself strong, healthy, happy for the most part. And then you can share that with your family. And then once you've done that for a while, then you can share it with your community. And then once you've done that for a while, you can expand that energy out into the world. But we've realized you can't just go out and be like, I'm going to change the world. You know, first you have to start with yourself and however long that takes and then really grow through each layer, you know, expanding outward. And I think we get that. Um, I'm really proud of us for that. We get that. And we're starting to put it into practice. And that's why you see so much um, more about self-care. I mean, we see it on social media. At least I do. My social media (laughs) feed is all about self-care. And we realize that. And that it's not selfish, that it's, it's critical. Yes, 100%. I think that's that's the thing is that self-care is not indulgent. It's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. So that's so important. Yeah, and there's softness in that and there's also boundaries in that and that those things are all a practice that we learn over time. Absolutely. And you know, one thing I think about, you know, you I think you're very inspirational and when I think about, you know, women kind of thinking about midlife and staring down midlife, a lot of times there is a feeling of kind of despair and, you know, the the way our bodies are changing, um, you know, kind of having all these responsibilities. I think there's a lot of kind of feeling about midlife and I don't get that sense from you. So how do you feel, you know, you're in your early forties. How do you feel staring down midlife? Yeah, I don't have that experience at all. (laughs) I feel so excited about the infinite um, possibilities and the infinite new beginnings. I feel that we get new beginnings are available to us 
at every stage of life, even at the end of life, at the end of life when we face death, even that's a new beginning. So um, once we get our health, we have the opportunity for happiness. Like when I'm, you know, when a part of my body goes down, whether it's an injury or, um, you know, your back goes out for something or you get sick. I've had some experiences with Lyme myself with Lyme disease. Like we live in nature, we get ticks, you know, or if you just, whatever, if you get sick and you're not feeling well, it's really hard to be happy. And some of those, and it's, it's a little bit harder as we get older to maintain our health because our bodies are going through changes like that's why that self-care journey is so important to maintain our bodies over time so that we can have all those moments of health and beauty and happiness. Those come from doing the work to keep feeling good, keep the health there so that we can have the happiness in the new beginning. So it, it takes a lot of commitment. And I always say you either pay now or you pay later. You do the work now or you do the work later. And it's easier to pay now and to do the work now than it's going to be later. So buying organic is more expensive now, but it's going to save us all the, I mean, I've seen, you know, with my mom's journey, I've seen the consequences of modern day society of living in a hectic and pesticide sprayed world, which is kind of where we were at a pinnacle of that in the 1980s. And I didn't know that, obviously, as a kid, you know, I didn't know all the things that we were getting from the grocery store weren't safe. Um, but I do know that now. And so I spend a little bit more money and a little bit more time cooking slow food, nourishing food, you know, buying organic, going to the farm pickups, going to the farmer's market. But I know that if I do that now, I'll have the health that will be the gateway to the happiness in this coming chapters. Yeah. And I just love, you know, kind of your message about like you can be excited for midlife because I think that's so important. And also, you know, when you're talking about like, you know, going to farmer's markets, you know, going to the healthy grocery store, those kind of things I think are little ways that women listening can start making tiny changes. I think that's really important. And so will you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah. So you can find Yellow Heart Sisters products on my website, yellowheartsisters.com, and Yellow Heart Sisters on Facebook. And locally in the Milwaukee area, um, there's a bunch of retail locations, but I think I'll just say the website for now. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you are so graciously sharing a discount code with everyone. And um, from what I can remember, it sees yellow, right? Correct. Okay. Yay. I'm so excited because I can't wait for people to check you out and your products out. And I think, you know, starting with having healthy products, I think that's such a good step in the right direction. And I'm so grateful for you and your story and you carving out time today to share it with everyone because it's such a beautiful journey. And so thank you for your vulnerability and honesty today. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, Okay. Well, and thank you so much to everybody for listening today. It means so much. If you can so kindly tell a friend about the podcast or give it a rating or even better yet, a review, that will help more women find the podcast. And the more women that join in on this conversation, the fuller it will be. So thank you so much, my friends. And like Allison said, every day is an opportunity for a new beginning. Thank you. Oh.